Chapter 32. The False Prince. Where are you going? Maud asked as I began walking away. He was never far behind. To my room, my back hurts. How will it look to everyone at dinner if the servant who left with Amarinda fails to return? How will it look if the servant's bandages bleed over or bleed through and he drips blood on Connor's dining table? Come on, Mott said with a sigh. I'll walk you to your room. You don't have to. I know the way. Saving you from getting lost is not the reason I'm here. Tell me, what do you think of the betrothed princess? I think she loves Darius. There's plenty of time for her to learn to love Jaren. Besides, this is a way of life for royals. They do their duty to their country, and they are very lucky. It will sometimes bring them happiness. I don't want anyone to do their duty for me, I grumbled. A charade like that is not for her. Connor is preparing you to wear a mask for the rest of your life, Mott said. It's better that your queen pretends to love you, because if she truly did, she would only love a lie. Well, that hardly made me feel better. Errol was sitting on the bench <clears throat> just outside my bedroom door. He showed, or he stood as he saw us coming. Are you ill? He asked me. Get some dinner, I growled, pushing past him to enter my room. And no, I don't need any help dressing. Ironically, I did need help. My shoulders and back had stiffened over the past few hours of standing. And with every movement, I felt my wounds might tear open again. When Errol returned with a tray of food several minutes later, he found me sitting on the floor with an unbuttoned shirt and vest. Errol set the tray on Tobias's desk and then silently went to the wardrobe to get, gather my night clothes. He was able to pull off my shirt without causing me too much pain, and without asking, checked my bandages. Imogen is occupied at dinner downstairs, he said. You must let me clean those wounds. They look hot. I leaned forward, which took less work than arguing. He soaked a towel in the alcohol and pressed it to my back. I arched it with an inevitable sting, then relaxed as it slowly passed. Every servant at Farthenwood knows Tobias cut you, Errol murmured. I'd be surprised if the master doesn't hear of it soon. The servants are mistaken. I was trying to climb out a window. We hear things, Sage, more than anyone knows. Then you obviously know why Rodan and Tobias and I are here. Are Connor's servants loyal to him, to this plan? Shortly after you came, Connor impressed upon us the sacred nature of what he was doing, how important it was to Carthia, to be sure he threatened us clearly if word of his plan leaked out to outside of Farthenwood. But he shouldn't worry, nor should you. This is a secret we will all carry to our graves. If you are chosen as prince, I will treat you just as I would a true royal. With that, he finished bandaging me up. He pulled my nightclothes on and even fastened them in front, which I was more than capable of doing. When he stood to leave, I said, Hey, thanks for helping me tonight, Errol. Thanks for helping me every night. I know I'm difficult. I'll take that as an apology, sir. Your dinner is on the desk there. Good night. I was in bed when Rodan and Tobias came into the room. Tobias entered more quietly than usual and lay down on his bed indifferently. Rodan crossed over to me and said, Connor was furious you didn't return to the dining room tonight. I heard him ask Mott to come get you right now. I groaned. How could he expect us to see ourselves as royals when he treats us as slaves? Errol entered the room and began rummaging through my drawers. I'm sorry, Sage, but it's true. Connor has asked to see you. Mott is waiting outside to take you to him. I winced as I rolled out of bed. Errol held up my clothes for me, but I shook my head. If he asks to see, see me at night, he'll find me in my nightclothes. That's inappropriate, Errol said. And it's indecent for him to summon me when he knows I'm asleep. I opened the door to leave, but Mott blocked the doorway. He shook his head at me. I won't bring you to the master like that. Allow Errol to dress you or I'll do it. I shut the door in his face and held out my arms to Errol, who hurried forward, clothes in hand. Minutes later, Mott was, was walking me, fully dressed, down to Connor's office. Am I in trouble? I asked. That depends on your answers to his questions. Connor was in the middle of writing something when we entered his office. Mott directed me to stand in front of his desk, but I sat. A minute or two passed before Connor even acknowledged I was there. 
Finally, he set the quill down and looked up at me. What did you think of her? The princess? I shrugged. She's beautiful. I'd heard the betrothed princess was more horse than woman. Bite your words, Connor hissed. You're speaking of the future queen of Carthia. That is, if the prince is found. And yes, she has most likely become a beautiful young woman, or most unexpectedly become a beautiful young woman. Why did she choose you to escort her out? Because I told her about the spot of dirt on her face before. I think she appreciated the honesty. You're lucky she did. She might as easily have had you whipped for being disrespectful. I've already been whipped. And stabbed, I hear. Mont has my story on that incident, sir. A story which is probably a lie. A farthingwood lies and truth blur together. Only lies in pursuit of the truth, sage. My body ached with tiredness. All I wanted was to finish this pointless conversation and go back to sleep. But there was one question I needed answered. Why did you allow me to go with her? When you bring me to court, she'll recognize me. If I bring you to court, don't make mistake my, into- or my tolerance for you as any sort of favoritism. Quite the contrary. My question stands, sirs. stands sir. Why did you allow me to go with her? The possibility of her recognizing you did concern me for a moment. Then I decided you could easily explain that I kept you in hiding here until you could be presented at court. The fact that you two already met could see, be seen as an advantage. Now I have some questions for you. I have a few more questions first. Connor arched his eyebrow. Oh? What if Prince Jaren is alive? Then he returns to the castle to find me sitting on his throne. I don't think he'll appreciate that. Jaren is dead. I told you once before I have proof of it. Besides, the pirates off the coast of Vivinia are ruthless. The reason nobody or no body was ever found is because they likely destroyed everything about, identifiable about him. Whatever trouble he may have caused his family, the king and queen loved Jaren. The king, in particular, never gave up searching for any trace of him in the years that followed. It was all in vain. I doubt he was even alive by the time his ship sunk. What's your proof? I present that to the boy I choose as prince, and nobody else. If you can prove Jaren's dead, then you can also prove to the regents that Jaren survived. At court, Jaren will confess that he's been hiding all these years in an orphanage, right under their noses. He went by the name of Sage, or Roden, or Tobias, but he has come back now to claim the throne. What if another orphan steps forward to say he knew us before Jaren was killed? We would say they are mistaken, and perhaps one night the orphan would disappear. Thrones have been claimed over thinner evidence than what we have, Sage. Besides, my prince will have the ident- evidence of his identity. What? Connor shook his head. I'll save that answer until my prince is chosen. But rest assured, it is something that will identify my choice as prince without doubt. Now, to my questions. What did Princess Emerina talk to you about before you two left? She worried, or She's worried that the king's family is dead, despite your assurances that she shouldn't worry. She doesn't seem to believe there's any hope of Jaren being alive, and I don't think she'd even want him if he were. She's afraid, sir. Connor smiled. We can use that to our advantage. Use her fear to make her more apt to accept the prince when I present him, so that even if she doubts, she'll accept him because she needs it to be true. I couldn't hide my disdain as I glared at him. It was disgusting that he'd think to con- or quickly of how he might benefit from her pain. Don't make that face at me, Connor cried. How convenient it must be for you to play the pious victim when it benefits you, or to be the prince, or the servant, or the orphan. Yet I must at all times be the keeper of this unholy plan. I did not celebrate my role in Carthia's future, but I have accepted it. Have you? Any expression vanished from my face. Yes, sir, I have. I am your prince. 
You think too highly of yourself. Tobias can no longer be trusted, but Roden presents some fine advantages. I believe he has been underestimated this week. He has learned more than any of you in such a short time. There was nothing I could say to that. He had. Connor continued. What I wondered is if you want to be the prince. I sense you battling that decision internally, perhaps because you're afraid of the consequences of being caught. Perhaps you because you cannot picture yourself sitting on the throne. And yet, here you are, telling me to my face that you are my prince. I threw out a hand, then immediately regretted the gesture when the movement pinched in my back. Would you choose Roden, who rushed, or rushes toward the throne with no thought of consequences? He has no idea what he's accepting. I've thought about it, Connor, and I'm your prince. Connor clasped his hands together, and a glint of triumph flickered in his eyes. I believe that what I suspected all along was true. All you ever needed was the proper discipline and the right motivation. I can see that you are finally bending to my will, and that pleases me. It did not please me. Tired as I was, I still had plenty of energy to be angry with his smugness. However, I simply asked, Can I go now? He hesitated a moment, then nodded, and I left without looking at him. As Maud escorted me back to my room, he tried to make conversation, but I ignored him. Connor's words still rang in my ear. With every step closer to the throne I took, I felt myself bending, too. I only hoped I could get to the end before Connor broke me completely.